just a hockey team to me and my family. We are a community is built on the trust and support of our fans, players, employees, and partners. This is why we were so troubled to learn about these very serious allegations made by a former player. It is why we commissioned the law firm of Jenner and Block to conduct an independent investigation into these events. To be clear, neither myself nor Danny knew anything about these allegations until we received word that a lawsuit was being filed. If we had, we certainly would not be standing here today. I'll turn it over to Reed Char to speak more about the investigation and its findings. Thank you, Raji. My name is Reed Char, and I'm a partner at Jenner and Block and co-chair of Jenner's litigation practice. I was hired by the Chicago Blackhawks in late June 2021 to independently investigate the Blackhawks' response to allegations of sexual misconduct by a former coach. Our investigation was precipitated by the May 2021 filing of a lawsuit in state court in Illinois against the Blackhawks by a hockey player formerly affiliated with the team. Neither I nor my firm represent the Blackhawks in the civil litigation. The player who brought the lawsuit who I will refer to throughout this as John Doe, alleged that in May 2010, he was sexually assaulted by the then video coach for the Blackhawks, Brad Aldrich. Aldrich was a video coach for the Blackhawks from July 2008 through June 2010. In 2010, he was 27 years old. John Doe was a 20-year-old hockey player for the Blackhawks American Hockey League affiliated team, the Rockford Icehawks. John Doe was called up to Chicago during the 2010 playoffs to serve as a black ace, or in other words, a prospect player who was available to play if several Blackhawk players were injured or otherwise unable to play. John Doe has further alleged that the Blackhawks were made aware of the alleged sexual assault by Aldridge soon after it occurred and failed to act to address the assault. Over the course of the last four months, we independently investigated first the conduct of the former video coach, Brad Aldridge, in and around May 2010. Second, the extent to which individuals affiliated with the Blackhawks, including those in senior management, knew about Aldridge's conduct in May 2010 and when and how those individuals learned about the conduct. And third, when and how individuals affiliated with the Blackhawks, including those in senior management, responded to the information they learned about Aldrich's conduct in May 2010. Our investigation was independent and it was thorough. The Blackhawks directed us to follow the facts wherever they led, and that is exactly what we did. We were permitted to conduct an investigation independent of interference or influence. We, and we alone, designed and executed the investigation with no limits from the Blackhawks. In our sole discretion, we chose who to interview and what documents to review. The Blackhawks at all times provided prompt access to documents, employees, and information, including contact information for current and former employees and players. 
In the four months, we interviewed 139 witnesses. Multiple of those witnesses were interviewed more than once. We interviewed 21 current and former Blackhawks players and Rockford Icehawks players. We interviewed 14 members of the 2009-2010 Blackhawks roster and five of the nine Black Aces who were called up to the team during the 2010 playoffs. We interviewed John Doe. We interviewed Brad Aldrich. For both those interviews, their attorneys were present. We interviewed the Blackhawks chairman, as well as the Blackhawks CEO. We collected over 100 gigabytes of electronic records from over 145 individuals and 49 boxes of hard copy records from the Blackhawks. We delivered our final report to leadership yesterday. I understand it will be publicly available in its entirety following this briefing. During our investigation, we learned the following. On May 8th or 9th, 2010, John Doe had a sexual encounter with Brad Aldridge. John Doe and Brad Aldridge have widely divergent recollections of the sexual encounter, but both men agree an encounter occurred. The heart of the difference between the two recollections is not only what occurred during the encounter, but most critically, whether the encounter was consensual. John Doe stated to us unequivocally that the encounter was entirely non-consensual and described details that you will be able to see in the report, some graphic detail, that were clearly a sexual assault. Within a week of the encounter, John Doe described the same encounter as non-consensual to a confidant who we also interviewed. Brad Aldrich, on the other hand, stated the encounter was entirely consensual. The week after the encounter occurred, somewhere between May 12th and May 19th, John Doe shared very limited information about the encounter with the Blackhawk skating coach. And then on May 23rd, 2010, the Blackhawk Senior Director of Hockey Administration, Al McIsaac, was told by a Blackhawks employee that there may have been a sexual encounter involving Aldridge and John Doe, and separately, that Aldridge had sent a sexually explicit text message to another Black Ace player. Mr. McIsaac dispatched the Blackhawks mental skills coach and team counselor, Jim Gary, to speak to John Doe to gather details of what may have happened. John Doe recalled to us that he told Mr. Gary the details of the sexual encounter with Aldridge in full. Mr. Gary recalled speaking to John Doe on May 23rd, but obtaining much more limited yet still very troubling information from John Doe that Mr. Gary informed us he believed to be true, that Aldridge was pressuring John Doe to have sex with him, and that Aldridge, the coach, told John Doe, the player, that if John Doe did not comply, Aldridge could harm John Doe's career. Later, on May 23rd, within an hour after the Blackhawks won the game that secured their place in the Stanley Cup Finals, five members of Blackhawks senior management, then President John McDonough, Mr. McIsaac, Stan Bowman, then Executive Vice President Jay Blunk, and then Assistant General Manager Kevin Shoveldayoff 
along with coach Joel Quenville and Mr. Gary, met to discuss what had been learned about Aldrich and John Doe. Accounts of that meeting vary significantly, and the participants had limited recollection of the details of the meeting. At a minimum, though, the senior leaders, including then President John McDonough, were informed of alleged sexual harassment of a player by a coach, including efforts by the coach to engage in unwelcome sexual activity with that player. Several of the witnesses recalled and later told others about a discussion that then ensued during the meeting regarding whether the time was right to address the allegations against Aldridge in light of the ongoing playoffs. One witness recalled that during the meeting, Mr. McDonough and Coach Quenville made comments about the challenge of getting to the Stanley Cup Finals and a desire to focus on the team and the playoffs. What is clear is that after being informed of Aldrich's alleged sexual harassment and misconduct with a player, no action was taken for three weeks. One witness recalled that the decision on how to proceed was left in Mr. McDonough's hands and another witness recalled Mr. McDonough saying he would speak to John Doe. Mr. McDonough did nothing to address the allegations until June 14th, after the playoffs were over, when he reported the information to the Director of Human Resources. While there was a lack of recollection as to whether anyone else present in the meeting besides Mr. McDonough needed to or would take any additional steps Nothing was done by the other senior leaders to address the situation. As a result, the Blackhawks owned sexual harassment policy, which required investigation of all reports of sexual harassment to be conducted promptly and thoroughly was violated. The failure to promptly and thoroughly investigate the matter and the decision to take no action from May 23rd to June 14th had consequences. During that period, Aldridge continued to work with and travel with the team. On June 10th, during an evening of celebration after the Blackhawks Stanley Cup win the previous day, Aldridge made an unwanted sexual advance towards a Blackhawks intern who was 22 years old at the time. Also after the Stanley Cup win, Aldridge continued to participate in celebrations in the presence of John Doe, who had made the complaint. Aldrich was also permitted to participate in Stanley Cup victory events, such as hosting the Stanley Cup for a day in his hometown and receiving a championship ring even after his departure from the team. After Mr. McDonough reported the information to the Director of Human Resources on June 14th, Aldrich was then given the option to undergo an investigation into what had occurred with John Doe or resign. He chose to resign and no investigation was conducted. Our investigation uncovered no evidence that the Blackhawks owners, including the current chairman and current CEO, were aware of the events of 2010 at any time before John Doe's potential civil lawsuit was brought to their attention ahead of its filing. This also applies to the Blackhawks current president of business operations and general counsel both of whom joined the organization in 2021. And now I will turn it over to Danny Wirtz 
Do I have some closing remarks to make? Thank you, Reed. As we have mentioned, we received the final report yesterday, which addresses the sexual misconduct reported in 2010, as well as the organization's actions based on what we knew and when. We have also shared the report and our responsive plan of actions with the National Hockey League, and we thank Commissioner Bedman for trusting us with this process. As reinstated, I want to emphasize that we gave his team very clear instructions that they should follow the investigation wherever the facts lead them. They conducted their work completely independently. The Blackhawks had no influence over the direction of their investigation or over the contents of the report. The report is both disturbing and difficult to read. It speaks for itself. Rocky and our leadership team reviewed the report. We have had important and difficult conversations about how our organization will move forward. As we have stated, we will release the report to you in its entirety following this call, alongside a letter to our entire community that more specifically details numerous positive changes we've implemented throughout our organization since 2010, and especially over the past year. This includes robust policies, trainings, and distinguished personnel to implement and oversee our operations, and most importantly, demonstrate the culture and values we demand from all who represent the Blackhawks. We believe these actions underscore and solidify our commitment to do the right thing, even if it isn't easy. I also want to share that Stan Bowman has stepped aside. Rocky and I appreciate Stan's dedication to the Blackhawks and his many years of work for the team. However, we and he ultimately accept that in his first year as general manager, he made a mistake alongside our other senior executives at the time and did not take adequate action in 2010. Stan exhibited extreme professionalism and integrity in cooperating in the investigation, more so than his peers, and we cannot overstate the important role Stan played in revisiting that meeting in the report. I believe that if this had happened in 2021 with Stan at the helm, the Stan that I know and we know would have acted differently and been a louder voice in that room. None of the other executives who are involved in the Blackhawks response in 2010 will be with the organization moving forward. Current Vice President of Hockey Strategy and Analytics, Kyle Davidson, will take on the role of Interim General Manager as we begin our search for new hockey operations leadership. We will provide a further statement from Stan following this call. We talk a lot about hockey culture. I believe one of the beautiful parts of our game is the focus on team success over individual achievements and accolades. But that cannot come at the expense of individual safety and well-being. It is clear that in 2010, the executives of this organization put team performance above all else. John Doe deserves better from the Blackhawks. And while we believe we have a strong legal defense, I have instructed our lawyers to see if we can reach a fair resolution consistent with the totality of the circumstances. The Blackhawks are a very different organization than we were in 2010. 
and I'm not talking about wins and losses. I am confident that this would not be tolerated in our organization today. We deeply regret the harm caused to John Doe and the other individuals who were affected and our failures to promptly address these allegations as we became aware of them. As an organization, we extend our profound apologies to these individuals who suffered from the misconduct of our former employee. We must and will do better. What the Chicago Blackhawks do off the ice is equally as important as anything we do on it. Our family and executive team are committed to ensuring that the Blackhawks adhere to the highest ethical, professional, and athletic standards. We intend to win championships without compromising our integrity. And we hope that we can continue to earn the trust and support of the entire Blackhawks community as we move forward with this as our primary goal. Thank you. What you just heard was the response of the independent investigation um, launched into the Chicago Blackhawks and a sexual misconduct allegation that was brought against them from a former player in May of 2021. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Talking Philly Sports to Matty B. I am your host, Matt Benarchek. It is Thursday, October the 28th, 2021. This is usually the time of the week that I come on and we get ready for week eight of the NFL and we talk what was what, what are the haps in Philly sports. But today is a little different. Um, today we have a situation in sports that has transcended into real life and obviously one of the greatest things about sports is the escape it provides from real life uh what today and the news that had come out of chicago over the last three or four days implementing uh, members of then chicago blackhawk management uh to covering up a sexual assault case uh, filed against one of its coaches uh, against one of its players uh, has come to light and you know there's there's a lot of things that i want to talk about with this but i also want to play you uh, you heard the response of the chicago blackhawks i'm going to play you now the statements made by john doe who has since been identified as former chicago blackhawk player kyle beach and then um, I'm, i'll come back and, and we'll talk more about about this but again as i said today is usually a day that we revel <laughs> in what the majesty of sports is and we revel in the escape that it provides millions of people around the world but i would be negligent if i did not address this if i did not identify this or comment on on this situation with the chicago blackhawks um, this is an interview between rick westhead and kyle beach in response to the um allegations Kyle, thank you very much for joining us uh, to talk about this. And just to start off, Kyle, yesterday was momentous day, a day of reckoning. And uh, can you walk us through how you were feeling when you were watching Reed Shar, the lawyer for Jenner and Block, read out some of the findings from his investigation into the Blackhawks? Thanks for having me, Rick. Um, and thank you for all you've done throughout this process since it first became public knowledge. Um, without you and your reporting, I'm not sure if we would be here today. So I want to thank you first. And yesterday was uh, a day of many emotions. 
Um, I cried, I smiled, I laughed, I cried some more. And uh, my girlfriend and I, we, we didn't really know how to feel. We didn't really know how to think. Um, we just held each other and supported each other. She's Bianca's been my my rock from from the very beginning of this process, and I'm very fortunate to have her here and be able to lean on her and rely on her to help me on on those tough days. And I don't think I or we could have ever imagined what would have going to come out of yesterday's press conference. And uh, following it, uh, just a, a great feeling of relief vindication and it was no longer my word against everybody else's because a lot of things were made public a lot of people were interviewed and i really felt like there was a lot of lies told in the media and it was very special and important to me to have that truth come out yesterday can you just for people who aren't following european hockey can you tell us a little bit about where you are now and who you're playing with yeah, I'm playing in Germany right now in a city called Erfurt uh, for the Black Dragons. Um, it's a small club uh, in the third league in Germany, uh, but they treat it like a family. We're treated very, very well. Uh, and the management, uh, they're, they're very, very open and, and they do absolutely everything they can for us uh, to make us feel safe, included. Uh, and that's something that I really appreciate with where I am in my career right now. Uh, I hope we can go back and kind of talk this through chronologically. And of, of course, we have viewers of all ages who are, are watching right now. And so maybe we'll avoid getting into graphic details for those who are interested. The General Block Report is, is public and it's on their website. But in, in general terms, can you take us back to May of 2010 and just explain a little bit about what it was like to be called up to the Blackhawks as a black ace in the first place? So in 2010, I finished my, my junior season with the Spokane Chiefs, uh, and I was originally recalled to the Rockford Ice Hogs of the AHL. Um, and following our conclusion there, I believe we lost in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, several of us were then recalled to the Blackhawks as Black Aces. And I think any time that you get that phone call that you're going up, whether it's to play or to be a practice player, uh, but to be a part of that for the first time beside the training camp, it was an uh, extremely special moment for me uh, and for my family. And, uh, you know, kind of the, the next step in, in pursuing my NHL dream uh, that I had dreamed about and worked, about, worked for my entire life. So, um, unfortunately, uh, a couple weeks after, um, those memories were, were tainted. Uh, and my life was changed forever. Coming out of those uh, those moments when the abuse took place, uh, I, I can't imagine what the subsequent days were like before we get into you know how it's affected you over the last 11 years. But what was it like in the days immediately after? Confusion, what were some of the emotions that you were feeling? <laughs> to be honest, I, I was scared mostly. I was fearful. I had had my career threatened. I felt alone and dark. Um, sorry, I'm, it's tough to recall these moments. Um, I think mostly I, I felt like I was alone and there was nothing I could do and nobody I could turn to for help. And I didn't know what to do. As a 20 year old, I would never 
dream or you could never imagine being put in this situation by somebody that's supposed to be there to help you and to make you a better hockey player and a better person and continue to build your career. And um, just, just scared and alone with no idea what to do. Who was the first person that you told about this? The first person I ever mentioned it to was uh, Paul Vincent uh, in a San Jose hotel when we were traveling with the team. Um, Paul Vincent's an, an amazing man and I've seen everything that he's done since this has come out public as well. And I have, I don't have the words to express my, express my appreciation for, for Paul. He tried to do everything he could back then. And when it came to public light, he stood his ground and spoke his truth. And, um, it's, it's men like him that make hockey great. And if you talk to anybody from the Boston area, um, I was flown out to Boston as a, as a prospect after I was drafted to work with Paul. And ever since then, we've had a great relationship and I always loved working with Paul. And he's probably the most highly regarded skills coach there is in the Boston area. And not, and not only the Boston area, but the hockey world. Kyle, when did you tell your family about this? And how much did you tell them and what was their reaction? I don't remember exactly when I told them. Uh, it was shortly after it had happened in the summer. Um, my mom cried for days. She felt responsible. She felt like she should have protected me. And there was nothing she could do. And after that first conversation with them, we never spoke about it again uh, until very 